We would like to welcome you to our weekly broadcast of Harvest Worship Center's Sunday morning celebration service. We hope and pray that you will receive something from the Lord today. And we ask you to stay tuned at the end of the message for more information concerning our church. Again, thank you for joining us today. If you're struggling with guilt, condemnation, pay attention this morning. It's going to set you free. If anything, it set me free. Um, <clears throat> have, you, uh, have you ever experienced your spiritual walk growing, your drawing closer to Christ, and yet the smallest little sin or shortcoming in your life sets you back with guilt, condemnation, a burden, a worry, a fear that God's mad at you, uh, a stress that, you know, God's about to slam the hammer down on you. Um, it may be just me, and I might be just preaching to myself this morning. Um, but I have dealt with that for a majority of my life. Billy Graham said, the closer we get to Christ, the more sinful we are going to feel. And I, I try to relate to that, but the more sinful I feel um, equals how, God, how, how mad God is at me. Um, and I feel like God is saying, like, you know, you should be further along by now. And I'm always putting these thought bubbles over God's head to, you know, decide what he's telling me um, without actually ever listening to the Spirit. Um, this will often set in motion self-hatred, disappointment, and condemnation. I'll compare myself to others and often will hate how I feel, what I've done, what I keep doing, what I'm still doing, or what I'm failing to accomplish. And this lives just under the surface because it's a topic I just don't like to discuss because if I do, that means I validate it and I acknowledge that it exists. Living in this state of denial is a common standard because, well, I don't want anyone to know that or want to be that vulnerable with others about my anger from feeling like I'm a loser for God's cause. All of this self-condemnation, self-loathing creates a vacuum that pulls me away from ever sharing the good news of the gospel from fulfilling my ministry work, or even living in the full, abundant life as promised in the Gospels. Religion, which I am very familiar, of, familiar with, has made it very noble to hate ourselves and to be self-condemning and full of guilt. Peter would refer to it as, what a wretched man I am when he came face to face with Christ. Now, it was before he started walking with him. But I feel like a wretched man sometimes, even after I've been walking with Christ, even after salvation. I battle that. I struggle with that. Um, I deal with guilt. I deal with shame. Um, but none of that is anything that I'm supposed to do. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 7.10 that godly sorrow or godly guilt will lead to repentance that leads to salvation, but worldly guilt or fleshly me, me putting guilt on myself, leads to death. And guilt is a status. And it can be an emotion also in the way that 
when you come face to face for the fa- with the Father for the first time, you understand the guilt of sin and the weight of it. But when you accept Christ, according to Romans 8, you are not condemned anymore. Romans 8 tells us now there is no condemnation in Christ. But do we accept that? Do we grasp that? Do we roll with that? Or do we still continue to put judgment upon ourselves? Guilt, according to Romans 3, tells us that we are all guilty. Although believers who trust in the Christ have been declared not guilty before God, according to Romans 8. Now, there's still something there. What is it and why? What is it and why do I feel this need to convict myself after the Bible tells me not to? I don't, I don't know. I don't always understand. But God has shown me that it traces back to my relationship with Him because I don't fully understand His love for me. I don't fully understand my identity in Him. I don't fully understand His grace for me. And the roots of it go all the way back to the religion that was invested in me with a performance relationship with God rather than a presence relationship with God. And that lies the difference. A performance relationship with God is one that is based on transaction. What can I do for God to keep God liking me? What can I do for God to make sure He's going to love me? What can I do for God to make sure He's going to take care of my family? And that works out for a while as long as you're able to continue to do stuff for God because you set up this equal balance thing of why I'm doing this for God and He should be happy with me. And you convince yourself this is a working relationship. But eventually you're not going to be able to do something for God and the voice of condemnation is going to come in, the devil is going to hit you with a guilt trip and make you question even everything about your salvation. And therein lies the problem because we start basing how God feels about us by what we can do for Him. But nowhere in the Bible does it say that. Nowhere in the Bible does it tell us that God bases His love for us on how good or how well we can do a job for Him or even how well we behave. But what it does tell us that He loves us unconditionally, that He just wants to be with us that he wants to have a relationship with us. And so the conflict comes in with, but God, I want to make you happy. I want to make you happy. And I'm so afraid I'm going to lose your love. And it's an identity thing. As sons and daughters of the Most High God, as him being our Father, we don't subject ourselves to his love. We don't embrace his love. We kind of hold it off at a standoff distance and say, that's mine one day. That's mine one day, but the promises of the Bible are for today. They're for right now. They're for you and me to walk in that love, to walk in that confidence, to walk in that trust that He's with us no matter what. No matter what my report card says for this week, God still loves me, and He walks with me, and He wants to be with me. This failure often has a self-fulfilling prophecy where we start to tell ourselves, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not that good at that. I'm not good enough to please God. I can't fulfill the things God wants me to do. And that is us trying to fulfill the law that was hung on the cross with Christ. But we like to pull it down and use it as our measuring stick. 
to walk with it and talk with it and say, well, I'm hanging on to this like a life preserver because if I can fulfill some of these, at least God's going to be happy with me. And when we start to tell ourselves these things like we can't add up, we can't measure up, where God's mad at us or He's unhappy with us, we start walking in that same manner. We start believing it the more we talk about it, the more we say it, the more we think it. We start becoming it. And it tends to trip us up throughout our whole life. And for those of you that have been around sports, watch sports enough, um, I coach softball, and here's a self-fulfilling prophecy. A batter goes up, they strike out, they have a, they're beating themselves up about it, they're down on themselves, they go in the dugout, they get their glove, they go into the field, and all they're thinking about is that last strikeout, that last mistake they made. And they're frozen because they're consumed with their thoughts and they miss the next play on defense simply because they're consumed with their past feet. They have stepped into the own prophecy that they have made up in their mind. They have walked directly into it because of why? Because they believed it about themselves. The Bible says that um, as a man believes, so he is. But are you willing to make a choice this morning to believe what God says about you? Um, it's real easy to step away from that because we want to fulfill works because that is easier and we can see it and we can feel it and we can touch it and we don't have to trust God to simply love us for us because a lot of times I feel unlovable. And I'm like, God, how can you love me? I don't even love myself sometimes. In a presence relationship, it's when you spend time in the Word. It's when you spend time in prayer. And when you spend time dwelling on God. And when you have that relationship of presence, you start to understand that I don't have to be told the law because my heart has been changed and my mind has been transformed to fulfill the law by simply loving Christ. In the same way, when I got married, I didn't have to have a law to tell me that it was wrong for me to step out on my wife. My love for her fulfills that law automatically. It's the same way with God if we allow Him to do that. But we have to let go of the law first. We have to step into our identity and our role. We have to spend time with Him, walk with Him, talk with Him, commune with Him, socialize with Him, pray to Him, talk to Him. Um, I'm sorry, I got, got a little lost here. Got running rabbits for just a minute. Um, Okay, um, it's, it's real easy to begin to feel vulnerable and have angst against yourself. It's real easy to feel vulnerable in those conditions and have angst against God. When we try to live a life based on fulfilling the law, we eventually get mad at God. And I, I can't do this, God. This weight is too much, God. The burden on me is too much, God. And it weighs us down. 
it brings us into a place where we won't do ministry. Whenever you feel bad about something in your spiritual life, do you feel like going and sharing the good news of the gospel? Does it feel like good news at that time? No. And the devil is steady whispering in your ear, yeah, you, you're just, you even saved. Does God even love you? And so you're consumed with your own thoughts, your own guilt, and your own condemnation. And the devil has a field day with that because what he has done, he has closed your mouth. Back during our fast, Satan came at me in that, in that way to tell me that, you know, I was invalid, not worthy, couldn't walk with God, couldn't fulfill what God wants me to do. And it was all him trying to silence me at a time where I needed to share what God was doing in my life because he was doing some great and wonderful things. And that's the way he'll come at you too. It's, it's all a choice. It's all about identity. It's all about choosing what you're going to believe. And it's real easy to um, not love ourselves. It's real easy to help others. It's real easy to love others and often judge ourselves harshly. The Bible says in Galatians 5 and 14, for the entire law is fulfilled in one statement, love your neighbor as yourself. Or you can look it up, love even as you love yourself. Now I'm not talking about loving yourself in a prideful, conceited, or condescending manner. I'm talking about having a love for yourself that is whole and pure and seeking the identity that Christ has put in us to fulfill what He wants us to do. It's okay to love yourself. The Bible tells us to love God's creation. Love who you are. And for you to not agree with that would simply be putting you on the throne. If we were to disagree with what the Bible and God says about us, then that makes us God. Are we willing to live a lie until, um, until we, we are living a lie until we agree that God loves us with the same intensity that He loves His beloved Son, Jesus? Religion will continue to tell us to try harder but yet the flesh will continue to condemn you. Will you accept what Christ says about you or the words God put in His Bible about you? Now, there's two things that God can't do. God can't lie, and God can't go against what's written in His Bible. So, when He tells you that you are His workmanship, do you believe it? When he tells you that you were created in his image, will you choose to believe it? Or that you're a royal priesthood? Who believes they're a royal priesthood? <laughs> or a holy nation? Do you believe you're holy? When he says that you're a son or a daughter of God, that you're a brother or sister to Jesus Christ, do you believe that? Do you believe that you're the temple of God? Do you believe that you are fearfully and wonderfully made? Do you believe that God loved you so much that He sent His Son to the cross to die for you? It's funny to me that 
God can write all these things in His beloved Bible and I can read them and I can listen to them and I can listen to His Word and then one little slip up or one little hiccup and all of a sudden I'm back into the old sinner status. Phil has been speaking a lot about saint to sinner, saint to sinner and it's a cycle that we go through in the church. We reach these pinnacles, we have a bad report card one week, we go back down into the valley. Climb back up out of the valley with prayer and repentance. Get on top again. We're back in our saint status. And then we fall back off into the sinner status when the Satan whispers ever so lightly into our ear of about worthiness. Or does it God even love you? Are you chasing God? Because uh, he quit chasing you. Those kinds of things. Just little, little things. It's interesting to me that we can hear a ton of compliments about something or someone or even about ourselves, and yet it may be the one negative response that we hang on to the most. We do that. We do that in our human lives. But we do it even more in our spiritual walk because we choose to not really believe this. Now, we choose to believe John 3.16. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him shall have everlasting life. And we'll hang all eternity on that one statement. But yet when he tells us that we are fearfully, wonderfully made or we are created in his image or we're that brothers and sisters of Jesus Christ, do you embrace that identity? I don't always, but I have been. And it's only been through spending time with Christ, spending time with the Holy Spirit, spending time being set free because I've had to ask for this. God set me free from this. I am sick of walking around condemned and burdened and guilty over the slightest thing in my spiritual walk that's failing. You know I'm going to fail and you sent your son to die on a cross because you knew that I would make mistakes. Why cannot I accept that? But I'm here to tell you this morning it's making a choice. I make a choice this morning to believe what God says about me. And I'm going to naively live in that same direction of saying, God, yes, I'll follow you. My identity is in you. I am a son of God. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am the temple of God. And you can be too. For those of you that may not completely grasp what I'm talking about this morning, you may not have grew up in religion. You may not have grew up in a condemnation setting in your early spiritual walk. But for a lot of us, I know it's hitting home because it hit home for me. Religion will choke you out. Religion will tell you to try harder and strive harder. The same way in a performance mentality, a performance relationship. Work harder, work harder, work harder. And God's just saying, I just want you. The good, the bad, the ugly, the lazy, the not lazy, the effort or lack of effort. I'll take it all because I'll love you in your entirety. Now, what God does with you through your spiritual walk is between you and Him, but He is asking for you. He is asking for your time. He is asking for your life and asking you to believe what He says about you. It's only when we come into a right relationship that the um, freedom from our own condemnation comes. There is freedom in the Spirit, and only the Spirit can change us. We can strive all day long to try to not feel condemned. 
We can strive all day long to be the best we can be for God, to change and, and, and transform ourselves. But it's only through the Spirit that we can be changed. Uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2 tells us to be transformed. Where is Romans 12? Sorry, guys. Therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, I urge you to present yourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual worship. But do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good and pleasing, perfect will of God. If you want to know what God thinks about you, spend time with Him. Spending time in the Holy Spirit, spending time with God transforms your mind. It changes you. It makes you different. In the same way that, well, there's been studies that after people get married, they tend to have the same interests, the same likes, the same dislikes because they've spent time together. They rub off on each other. It's the same way when you spend time with God, when you walk with God, when you talk with God. You start getting a presence of God, and He begins to transform your mind, which has an impact on your heart and your actions and your lives and your words and your life. And in your private time, when Satan comes at you to tell you you're unworthy, you don't even hear it. It is a mute point because you are so sold out to the idea and the belief that you are sons and daughters of the Most High King. It is not a sin issue. It's an identity crisis. It's not our job to strive to be loved by the Father. He loves us. And he wants to assure us. But it's up to us to believe that we are loved by allowing a deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit to transform our lives. Guys, I don't have much this morning, but I did want to share that with you. It's all about a choice. It's all about what you want to believe. Are you willing to be snafued by the devil and believe the things of your flesh when he comes to tell you that you're not this or you're not that or how unhappy God is? Or are you willing to say, you know what? I'm going to believe the words of this Bible. I'm going to believe what this says about me. Because God can't lie. If you believe John 3.16 and you put your life on it, believe the other scriptures that tell you about who you are in Christ, about the different life that God is looking for you to live. Because He wants to walk it with you. He wants to talk it with you. He wants to change you. He doesn't want us to strive on a daily basis, work for a daily basis. It's all about spending time with Him, to be with Him, to talk with Him, and, and just have that community with Him to where He can work on you, to where He can change your mind, where He can change your heart. Is our praise team close by? Guys, as the praise team comes... I want you to ask yourself this morning, are you burdened? Are you condemned? Are you walking around feeling guilty? Has Satan shut you down because you feel like your identity is not in Christ? That you're not worthy enough to share the gospel? That you're not worthy enough to speak the name of Jesus to somebody because you've got all this mess in your life? 
and, and the devil has made you feel guilty about it. If that's you this morning, I beg you to come to this altar and change it. And all you got to do is say, show me God. Show me God. Show me God how this works in my life. Show me who you are. Show me how you're the Father. I'm willing to believe. And if that's not good enough, ask for prayer to believe. The Bible tells us we can do that. We can ask God, God, help my unbelief. Show me how to be a son. Show me how to be a daughter. Do not let Satan run your life by convincing you that you are unworthy. Do not let religion hold you down to make you think that self-hatred is a good thing. Because we don't have to pay a penance. If we paid a penance, then Christ's work is negated. What would be the point of Him going to the cross if we had to work for ourselves, if we had to pay for our sins ourselves? Now, I'm not saying that's a license to go out and do anything outside of God's will, but what I am saying is you've got to move it from a law-based mentality to a relationship mentality with God. You've got to love God so much that the world does not entice you. And you've got to believe what God says about you. If that's you this morning, if I'm speaking to you this morning, I beg you to come.
like to thank you for joining us for our weekly podcast. We pray that you receive something from the Lord today. Please share your prayer requests and testimonies with us by emailing us at tryonhwc at gmail.com. If you would like more information concerning Harvest Worship Center, you can visit our website at tryonhwc.com. We would love for you to visit us in person sometime. Our services are held at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. Children's worship is during our 11 a.m. service. If you would like to give to the ministries of Harvest Worship Center, you can also do this by clicking the Giving tab online. Once again, we would like to thank you for joining us today, and we pray you have a blessed week.